0: podcast network is brought to you by game time snag the tickets without the stress use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20 download the game time app and use co- promo code SGPN we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy play the underdog pick'em in college or NFL and win up to 20 times in one game plus every Sunday they're giving away $100,000 use promo code SGPN at underdog fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to five. dollars Hundred dollars.
1: I'm just about that action,
0: boss. That's right. Welcome in, of course, to the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Moon Off the Machine Man G. I am Rod Gomez. Yes, you are hearing different voices than you normally do. And in fact, maybe a familiar voice as I will once again be joining you for this uh, recap edition and look ahead. Both J-Mark and Moneyline unavailable today uh, off doing big things in their respective fields. So, We'll sit in for them, moon off, and uh, and try to hold down the fort while they're gone. So, uh, uh yeah,
1: you don't want to call anybody out here, Rod, but um, I, um, I'm not gonna mention why they're uh, both out uh, for this pod, but hey, we're gonna try to fill in the best we can. Uh, this is actually my first recap show for the NFL gambling podcast, and hey, a bit of a role reversal here. You're hosting, and I'm in the in the color chair here because it's all the way around, at least on the propcast.
0: I know, right? It's it feels a little weird when I first started off. I was like, "Wait a second, I shouldn't be doing this. This should be moon off." But um, yeah, definitely uh, looking forward to doing this. And yeah, this is your first recap show. It's crazy. I know Ryan and I were the ones that pioneered this little recap show, uh, and then of course we we sort of handed it off to J Mark and Ryan, who have done a fantastic job of getting you guys value. Because really, the the star of this show is of course the look aheads, right? The week six yeah. look aheads as we. Try to get you a little bit of value heading into the next couple of weeks because, as I said before, anybody can get you looking ahead to next week. We want to get you value into week six. But, of course, to do that, got to kind of look back, of course, and and see what the week uh, of week four offered us in overall value. It was an entertaining week, Munaf. And, honestly, uh, me, I'm riding very, very high off of uh, what I just – this team that I love, the San Francisco 49ers team, just, I can't even say enough good things about him. They're the best in the NFL until you can prove me otherwise.
1: I I can't. I think that we need to start having the conversation of uh, Christian McCaffrey as MVP. Um, I know he's probably going to run away with the uh, offensive player of the year award. What do you have? What, four touchdowns yesterday, was it, Brad? Four. four, four three, touchdowns. Three on the ground, one through the air. Yeah. So I think that again, you know, right now uh, there's a significant difference between the San Francisco 49ers and what they're doing this season. And I think the rest of the league, I know there's, uh, you know, there's still a few more undefeated teams left in the NFL, but what the 49ers have done so far this season has been, it's been sweat free for them really. And I, again, they've been the most dominant team. So um, you know, uh, at least for you and uh shout out to Katie Mox, to the biggest, uh, 49ers fans that I know, you know, hopefully they can continue it going to the rest of the season and just, just please, please, please keep this team healthy.
0: Hey, and your team will obviously get to the recap of this later. Your Houston Texans. My friend, they're not too shabby themselves lately. They got themselves a quarterback, my friend.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think we, you and I, also talked about this on the propcast. I think we, uh, I've also mentioned this on the NFL pod as well. When we've talked about the Texans or whatever the case might be, but you know, as there's always that cliche of the Ohio State quarterbacks not panning out in the NFL. But at least through the first four weeks here, uh, CJ Stroud has looked absolutely amazing for this Houston Texans team. Uh, even my dad noticed. You know, he's a he's a more of a pessimistic guy when it comes to his football team, the Texans. But he mentioned to me yesterday, it looks like the Texans, the Texans finally have their quarterback. I was like, yeah, he looks uh, really good thus far this season. It's only been four games, uh, but so far, so good. A plus so far for CJ Stroud as a quarterback of the Texans. Looking comfortable. And that's all you can yeah. ask out of a rookie, right? I mean, you're not right. putting
0: him in a pressure pack situation to try to get this team to the Super Bowl. Now, I think the Texans were realistic in their approach and saying, listen, this is rebuild. We know it's rebuild. Come in, do the best you can. We'll be patient with you. And it's it's shown. I mean, uh, we had it on the propcast as as over one and a half touchdowns for him again, and he delivered.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And again, I think there's a lot of people that were on the Steelers this week, Um, and you know, I know there's some chatter about doubt if Damian Pierce was going to have a big week for the Texans, and he did. But I mean, that Steelers rush defense right now, it's bottom in the league in most of those uh, statistical categories as far as rush defenses go, and you know, Damian Pierce was able to take advantage of that. So the, there's some. A lot more question marks, I think, now for the Steelers. I know we'll get to that game here in a minute with some injury news there. But, uh, yeah, uh, your team won, my team won. Um, so, it's, it's a good week, I guess. I'll say that much.
0: Good week to be us for sure. Um, all right. Well, then, you know what? It's it, We'll look behind at the week that was, and we'll do that in a second. But first, let me tell you about Game Time. We're brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets Is horrible. It's completely terrible. I hate it. If you guys listen to the NASCAR gambling podcast, you know that I usually wait until the very last minute to actually buy tickets. And so sometimes I get gouged. Sometimes I don't know what's going on as far as if I can even attend the show because there may not be tickets left. Game time takes all of that out, all of that stress, all of that anxiety out of buying last minute tickets. And in fact, they actually reward me for it because they're giving me all of the best deals on these last minute tickets. And they're also going to send them straight to my phone. So I don't have to worry about getting an email later in the spam folder or whatever happens later. And what's more, I get a ticket. I get a ticket and I get a picture of the seat that I'm sitting in, the view that I get right as I'm sitting in my seat. Someday they're going to give me an opportunity to see me sitting in that seat later on, enjoying that concert. But until then, just be happy with the fact that you get to see the unobstructed view that you're going to get from the seat that you're sitting in. So make sure that you are buying your tickets with Game Time to have the same type of experience as we have on the SGPN. So snag the tickets without the game, without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code SGPN. You're going to get $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team. And again, if you're a NASCAR fan, drive along with your favorite drivers all season long. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. And now until October 4th, a few days left for you, Underdog is matching 100% of your first deposit up to 5 dollars. Not to mention $100,000 Sunday's contest continues on Underdog Fantasy. There's a total of $2 million of prizes all season long. $100,000 in prizes just this week alone. Ten lucky people are going to wake up $10,000 richer just this week. There's a new sweepstake happening every week of the NFL season we're going to give out some underdog fantasy plays on our NASCAR show. Make sure to stick that out as well. So watch along, make your picks, maybe make a little cash over on Underdogs mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the code promo, when you sign up with the promo code SGPn, Underdogs going to double your first deposit up to $500. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code S G P N. All right, Moon Off, week 4 began on Thursday night. It pitted the Detroit Lions against the Green Bay Packers. Little NFC North action on a prime time. Not your typical Thursday night game, as there was 54 points scored in this. Uh, the Detroit Lions came in minus two and a half point favorites, and uh, they took care of the job. 34 to 20. Not only that, they obliterated the over. The story of this one, off, David, I'm a freaking Montgomery. That dude went off for three touchdowns. Is it safe to say that the Lions are uh, are contenders now in the NFC?
1: I'm not sure about the NFC because I feel like there's a, uh, I think there's a gap. I know we just talked about the Niners and, and I don't think the Cowboys are in that mix right now, but I think it's obviously the 49ers. It's uh, the Eagles, obviously. I know the Cowboys are three and one. Uh, Buccaneers didn't have a lot of expectations, but they are three and one. You got to, you know, give them uh credit for that. And then again, uh, the Seahawks at two and one. I think the one team that we haven't really talked about, the Rams, I know we'll talk about that later, two and two, with them getting Cooper Cup back, uh, uh, next week as well. I think should be started practicing, but I think for the Lions, uh, I want to see them beat some of the better competition. I know they got it done in week one against the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey, but. I think this team believes. And I think you got to give credit to Dan Campbell, uh, the coach uh, for the Lions, and he's gotten these guys to play, you know, for each other, for the coach. Uh, and they're playing some good football right now. So I think that they definitely are in the driver's seat right now in that NFC North here rod.
0: You have to think that they're feeling themselves. They come out, knock off yeah. the Chiefs right the, the very first game of the season. Uh, they win a couple more, and now they're beating the Packers, who, again, I mean, played a hell of a game in their own, right? Uh, obviously, yeah. twenty points for them. Uh, is, is not bad against this defense. Jordan Love, 23 of 36 for 246, a touchdown, but two interceptions. Uh, and then Jared Goff, again, didn't have to do a lot. 19 of 28, 210, a touchdown and an interception. Like I said, the story, though, David Montgomery, 32 carries. mid In a day where we thought Jameer Gibbs was going to make a little bit of a splash because we didn't even know if Montgomery was going to play. Oh, he played all right. 121 yards, uh, three touchdowns. <laughs> Fantasy managers were happy about that.
1: Yeah, well, I going to mention that if fancy managers uh, are happy about it, but how many of them actually started him uh, in their leagues uh, just because he was coming off of that injury. But, you know, I know there was a lot of talk about this Lions team last season with their rushing attack, you know, with DeAndre Swift there and and Jamal Williams, who led, I believe, the league in uh, rushing touchdowns last season. Both of those guys gone. So were there be enough to compensate for the losses of those two guys Don't they drafted Jameer Gibbs fairly high in the first round of the NFL draft this past season? And then you added David Montgomery from the uh, from the Chicago Bears. So at least for right now, it's been working for the uh, Detroit Lions and they were able to capitalize against, which is a pretty good uh, Packers rush defense as well. So, again, give him a lot of credit, especially David Montgomery for him, uh, you know, really carrying the scoring load for this Lions team. So, again, like I mentioned, in the driver's seat for that NFC North title.
0: So, are we buying the Lions moving forward? Do we think they can continue this this momentum? They're going to play Carolina next week, so I mean, this this pretty much seems like a slam dunk for them. Three out of the last four, obviously they've won. So, yeah. can they do it against Carolina and Andy Dalton?
1: Oh, a winless uh, Carolina team, right? They're still uh, they're not zero to four after they take the loss against the Vikings. So, yeah, I mean, Lions by far are the better team right now uh, than the Panthers. Quarterback issues there. I know they drafted Bryce Young, number one, for the Panthers. But I think they can get, continue rolling here, uh, so especially against the Panthers team. It looks like they are headed definitely for at least a top 10 pick, at minimum, uh, in this upcoming draft next season. Or next year, I should say.
0: Green Bay gets Las Vegas. Any any love for Green Bay? Uh, as struggling Vegas, too?
1: Yeah, I mean, Vegas has their own quarterback issues as well, right? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play on Sunday. Uh, he was uh, didn't clear concussion protocol. They had, I think, Aiden O'Connell that started there. Um, I think it was very curious about what Josh McDaniel said in the post-game uh, conference about how he kind of just called out the quarterback saying that you have to take care of the football, especially for a guy that was inactive for pretty much the entire or the uh, preseason and the first three weeks as well. I mean, you got to give some encouraging words to to that type of player. I mean, there's a lot of dysfunction going on right now with that Raiders organization, with the Chandler Jones stuff. Now Devontae Adams uh, thought that he couldn't return with that shoulder injury. He may be out next week as well. So I think it's troubling times right now for the Raiders. So I think the Packers, you know, if they want to stay competitive or at least fight for a playoff spot, they have to go out and take care of business against the poorest teams like the Raiders, who are, again, dealing with the injuries, both at the quarterback position, possibly a wide receiver uh, probably the best one in the league in Devontae Adams, or at least top three for sure.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about the uh, Vegas Raiders here in a second, uh, but let's move on to the next game. It was a London special, a Jaguars home game, pretty much by all rights and accounts, because that's just the way they are. They play yeah. they play in London, and, and that's their home game. But uh, yes, they take care of business 23 to 7, as you can see on the screen. They were three-point favorites, where the Jaguars obviously covered that spread. Did not come anywhere near... The over/under on this one, which was at 42, uh, and and really for Atlanta, all, all the momentum that they felt like they were building up up into this game, they fell flat. One touchdown in this entire game, and this team did not look at all like they were a- a- any sort of effective. 19 of 31 for Desmond Ritter, 191 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Bijan was the probably lone bright spot on this on this uh, squad. 14 for 105 he had a long of 38 i mean really moon off the the jaguars finally get back to uh, to even football atlanta comes back down to earth i guess after high expectations what were your takeaways from this one
1: yeah i think it's you know it's when you mentioned it uh, with jaguars it's that they're familiar with going across the pond right i think when we talk about routine that this is something the Jaguars have done for, I don't know how many past um, seasons going over to London, probably staying at the same hotel. They know how the things work, the facilities and all that. And now you have a team like the Atlanta Falcons who have a lot of young players. You have a rookie you know, quarterback who has been struggling a little bit uh, this season. I know he's been fantastic at home for the Atlanta Falcons, but I think this was an easy or not. I don't want to say easy, but it was a favorable spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars who again, like I mentioned, I think the far more talented team, you know, we talk about the the Travis Etienne's of the world, the Calvin Ridley's of the world, the uh, Christian Kirk's, um, the Trevor Lawrence of the world. And again, Rod, if you didn't bet Drake London to score a touchdown in London, I, I don't know what you're doing because again, he had the lone touchdown for the Atlanta Falcons in this uh, London game.
0: <laughs> the storyline was right there. I don't know how you couldn't have done that. So uh, I don't, what was it? Do you know what his odds were any time touchdowns odds?
1: I would guess it had to be north of two to two to one at minimum, possibly three to one. I didn't catch what the number was, but I'm I'm guessing it was probably in that neighborhood for any time touchdown for him.
0: I love it. Uh, well, for Travis Etienne, twenty carries, fifty five yards, not his best effort. Um, I was actually on him to be uh, better than Bijan in this one, uh, but they didn't really need it. I mean, that was the thing; they jumped out early to seventeen nothing lead and. I mean, they didn't even really lean on ETN yeah. much at all after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it seems like Atlanta, I mean, there's still some growing pains there with, with the offense and with Arthur Smith wants to run. I mean, Bijan, like you mentioned, had a great game. Tal- Tyler Azier seems like he's kind of taking a step back. I mean, when you draft Bijan Robinson as high as Falcons did for the right reasons, um, I think there's still some going through some growing pains there. But this was a game that the Jacksonville Jaguars needed, right? They got beat by Texans in week three uh, going across the pond. If they want to stay competitive, that AFC South division with now the Texans at two and two Titans got a big victory out on their home field. Uh, Jaguars uh, got the victory in London. Like we just talked about in the Colts, just fell a little bit short come from behind in overtime. So um, and falling to the Rams. But again, this was a big win for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars in this game.
0: Yeah, they needed it. I mean, everybody was, well, okay. Mostly everybody was high on Jacksonville coming into the sure. season after what yeah. they did last year. So I mean to come out two and two, right? Having lost two in a row, it's a little embarrassing. So you did need to get right, especially against a team like the Falcons, who you were expected to beat anyways. Next week, though, a little bit tougher. They're going to have a Week Five matchup against the Buffalo Bills. Eh, this one's going to be tough, Moonoff. They got this. Is the test now? This is where they can prove whether or not they belong in the conversation as an NFC, uh, AFC contender.
1: Yeah, huge game, uh, obviously, against the Bills, who have been just scoring at will since uh, week one. I mean, week two, they put up, what, 35-plus points. Week three, they did it again. Week four, we saw what happened. Uh, we'll talk about that game here in a minute against the Bills, uh, 48 or against the Dolphins, 48 points they put up in that game. So I know there were some question marks about this Bills team uh, going up against the Jets in week one uh, after the whole Aaron Rodgers injury, but they've bounced back very, very nicely over the last three weeks. and. um Again, for for the Jaguars, if they want to stay competitive, they want to, you know, make themselves known in the AFC. You got to You got to compete with a big boy. So this was going to be a big test for them in week five.
0: I know they've got that circled for the Falcons. They go on to take on your Texans. This one, if you would have looked at the schedule early, you probably would have tipped the cap to the Atlanta Falcons. Now, not so much. I'm thinking Houston might uh, might get themselves another win here and go above five hundred.
1: Playing good uh, football right now are the Texans, obviously, over the last two weeks. I know week one, they had a tough matchup against the Baltimore Ravens on the road. That's always a tough situation for a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. But, you know, I mean, I think we talked about this on the podcast as well. Since the 2018 season, the Texans haven't lost in Jacksonville. That came into fruition again this week. Um, Had an incredible performance against the Steelers team uh, in week four here. Uh, so this is gonna be a good. Uh, it's gonna be a good battle between some young talent on both sides of the uh, on the on our for both teams here. You know, we talked about the talent that the Falcons have, Texans with C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins, who has looked absolutely amazing. Tank Dell, Damian Pierce. So, you know, the defense has looked really good as well. So, D'Amico Ryan's has this Texans team playing well. So, it's gonna be a fun match to, uh, matchup to watch. And Rod, the line is indicative. It, it's what minus one. You got you, you kind of got it either way for this team. So, it's gonna be a fun matchup to watch between these two teams. Maybe not a. a game that a lot of people have on their screens, but obviously I will definitely be watching this one.
0: Yeah, well, you will for sure. I think the <laughs> local TV is going to give that one to you. So uh, yeah, for sure. And if you have the the ticket, then of course, you're going to probably uh, meander over there or at least put it on one of your screens. Uh, all right. We turn our attention now to look at. So Miami goes and throws 70 points up on Denver, right? Turns around, gives up 48 to Buffalo. I think as... Miami fans you have to wonder what the hell this team's identity is Miami three and one now on the season losing their first game against the bills who are also three and one um my, our Buffalo two and a half point favorites on this one covered that spread the over under was 52 not even a question between these two teams ended up being a 68 point total on this one but for Miami right you come out feeling fantastic after throwing 70 points up on the board you think you're unstoppable. Buffalo proves otherwise.
1: This was a big game uh, for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you know, we just mentioned that they took a week one loss in a division game against the Jets. You didn't want to drop another division game here, but I feel like the Dolphins always struggle in in Buffalo for whatever reason that might be. And again, I think this was going to be a flat spot for the Dolphins after obviously putting up 70 points at home against the Denver Broncos. I think this was a a, a smash spot for the Bills. I know a lot of our guys uh, were on the Bills for this game. Uh, taking the minus two and a half but uh, yeah they got the job done and it was fairly early that they got the job done they got out to a quick touchdown took a 7 nothing lead I know the Dolphins uh, answered back but after that I mean Josh Allen Stephon Diggs has absolutely had a huge game uh, for the Buffalo Bills Gabe Davis our guy gets the opening touchdown for the Buffalo Bills um, but it just wasn't enough for this Miami Dolphins team again I, I should have had the stat in front of me but I think teams that scored 50 plus points the previous week, I believe, are like one in seven against the spread, uh, something like that the following week. I'll try to look it up in the meantime here. But yeah, a big win for the Bills. Uh, they get another a, a division win. And again, the Bills are looking like the team. A lot of us expected them to be uh, coming into the season, you know, as one of the Super Bowl contenders or Super Bowl odds on favorites, I should say, for this uh for this uh, for this season here, Rod. Buffalo going into the half 31-14, up 31-14. That's I mean, that's a
0: score. That's a normal score for most games. And, and and Buffalo just basically said, we're and we're not done yet. I mean, we've still got, you know, 17 points in us to score on you after the break and, and hold you to only six. So really dominant performance by Buffalo. No one's surprised. I mean, at this point, no one is surprised. I know that there was a lot of panicking when Buffalo did lose their game, but I mean, it, it's the but it's the Bills, and they're going to continue to be one of the better teams in the AFC, and again, a contender for the entire AFC. All Miami has to do now is turn around and prove that this was a fluke and that they were sort of punch drunk and that they can continue to beat the good teams in this league um, because they have too many weapons to not, not be able to contend.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, this Dolphins team, I mean, I think a lot of times we talk about how great Tua has been. At the quarterback position and tyree kill and and jalen waddle um and that running game but i feel like sometimes we forget that mike mcdaniel has been the genius behind this offense and i think that he's not getting enough credit i believe he probably is right now the odds-on favorite uh to win coach of the year i know two was up there as well for MVP, but you know this may have just been a fluke in a, in a bad spot here for the dolphins but i have no doubt this team will bounce back uh for the rest of the season and again Uh, They will uh, welcome Buffalo later in the season down to us uh, in South Beach in Miami to kind of avenge this loss here.
0: What better way to bounce back than a game against the Giants for Miami? It it seems like it was almost a nice little cushion for them after the fall to to get the Giants. Now, I know Giants are scrappy, but if this Miami team wants to prove that they can keep beating good teams, they got to beat the bad ones, and the Giants are definitely not among the best in the league right now.
1: Yep, 100%.
0: So, And then for Buffalo, they will turn around and turn their attention to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, who, again, Jaguars, we talked about it just a second ago, have to prove that they're going to be able to, uh, to to hang with the big dogs as well. So a lot of proving going on this season. Moon off. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like teams have to prove themselves quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I think again uh, uh, we, and I keep mentioning it for the Bills that the last 3 weeks I don't think has been a fluke because we know what this offense is capable of, right? Josh Allen has absolutely just turned around after what throwing 3 interceptions in in the week 1 against the, the Jets defense. Um, But again, like I mentioned, they've scored 38, 37, 48 over the last three weeks. And again, I think I'm not saying they have to go out and score 30 points every single game, but I think that they have the offensive weapons uh, to go out and do that, led by Stephon Diggs. And again, James Cook has been a big pickup for them in the draft. Um, I know Damian Pierce hasn't been as heavily involved for this team, but again, for this Buffalo Bills team, for them to kind of get over that hump they got to continue playing good football like they have been um you know for the rest of the season again when it matters the most in the playoffs i think the buffalo bills team will be ready to go
0: speaking of getting over the hump the next game we'll cover is the minnesota vikings taking on the carolina panthers minnesota needed this they needed to beat somebody they came out so flat on this season many many people were putting minnesota up at the top of the list you want to talk about having to prove Minnesota had to prove, and this is the one game that they needed to win because, again, Carolina came in 0-3. So did they. They had to walk away with a win out of this because Carolina is not the kind of team you want to lose to if you want to be in the conversation as one of the better teams in your division, let alone your conference. So uh, Minnesota did just that. They took care of business. They came in four-point points, favor- four point favorites over the Panthers. They did beat them 21-13. The over-under on this one was 46 it was 44. So the under was in play or 34 rather. So the under was well in play here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, there's not much to say about this game, honestly, other than even even in a win, Kirk Cousins still did not look impressive. 12 and 19, 139, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Did that reality show? Did the NFL quarterback show kind of set him up for failure this year?
1: Uh, I don't think it's set of a failure, but I think one thing we also need to point out here is that the opening drive, Minnesota was driving down the field and then WAP right in the end zone, right at the goal line, he throws a 99-yard uh, interception return by the Panthers, and we're like, oh, boy, here we go. But again, give credit to the Vikings uh, for fighting back here after that blunder by Kirk Cousins, something that we're not used to seeing from Kirk Cousins. Um, but again, they, they were able to, you know, score enough points I guess we should say against this Panthers team and get their first victory of the season because a lot of teams were or a lot of people were uh, you know expecting this uh, Vikings team to regress right because just the amount of uh, one score victories they had last season you know the whole Pythagorean the Pythagorean theory and again you know regression right because if you're going to win one score games it's probably going to regress back to you it's going to be balancing out the following season I think we saw that you know, at least through the first three weeks for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. But again, a much needed victory for the Vikings. They get it done. They go to one and three. And now the Panthers, again, like we talked about earlier, is that there wasn't a lot of expectations coming in with this team. Yeah, you still, you know, you hire Frank Reich as a as a head coach here, but I think there were going to be some growing pains with Bryce and lack there of talent around him. So I think the foundation is really there for this Panthers team, but I think they're, you know, they're probably going to be in that conversation of having a, Top three, four, five pick for this upcoming draft as well. So again, uh, a victory that the Vikings need to get, and they get the job done.
0: They could be another Jaguars team where they have to just keep building year after year after year with these first round picks, these top picks in the draft, and and just continue to build a, a team until they start winning. So uh, Bryce Young, twenty five of thirty two, two hundred and four. We talked about C.J. Stroud having a soft cushion to land on in Houston. Bryce Young had about the same thing, but as the first overall pick, that cushion gets a little bit harder. Uh, because people are expecting a lot more out of you to turn the team around. Um, so, again, uh, for these two teams, Minnesota, they got to continue to play well. They've got to continue to try to win. Um, they will move their attention next week to uh, the... Sorry, my click did not work. Uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a tough test for them. I yep. uh, don't know that they're going to get it done against the Chiefs. Although, I don't know, after last night, who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, the Panthers get the Detroit Lions, that's going to be a bloodbath. So keep keep your eyes peeled for that one.
1: Yeah, uh, tough test, obviously, for the Vikings, welcoming the uh, Kansas City Chiefs led by Patrick Mahomes in that offense. So I think that uh, if you want to look at a bet, at least for week five, maybe take a look at the team total over for the Kansas City Chiefs, because I feel like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelce are going to have their way uh, for um, or against this Minnesota Vikings defense. Now, Rod, the biggest question now for the Chiefs is going to be, is Taylor Swift going to be in attendance in Minnesota? That's the question now where that comes behind this uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs team. Nothing on the football field, but do we expect uh, Taylor Swift to be in attendance uh, for the rest of the games for the regular season for the Kansas City Chiefs?
0: And if she does, what other celebrities does she bring with it? Because remember, it wasn't just her. It was everybody else that was in the room, Blake Lively, Sabrina Carpenter. I mean, we're we're getting to be a star-studded team over there in Kansas City. So uh, I don't know. I, I mean... If if we take a bet, I, I'm going to take the under on whatever number you throw out there because I don't think she's going to make it to every single game.
1: Hey, man, there's right now 2-0 with, uh, with uh, Taylor Swift in attendance. So, again, I think <laughs> that if she makes it out to Minnesota, they get the job done there and she attends every game for the rest of the season. I don't think the Chiefs may lose another game for the rest of the regular season at least, but we shall see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the love of God, the Taylor Swift effect. Uh, well, a team that is really hoping that they find their Taylor Swift at the Chicago Bears, they are now 0-4 after. Listen, I feel bad for the Bears, right? You you come into this thinking, this team just got clobbered 70 to like nothing. I mean, I know it wasn't nothing, but you know that's probably what it felt like you're like I right, we can handle this team we're, we're 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 on the rise we're feeling good you jump out to a 27 uh 21-7 lead in the half and then you go and piss it away denver ends up winning this one 31 to 28 denver was three point favorites coming into this uh so the push was in over under was 46 they they just killed the over um i don't know how many people were probably on the over on this game probably didn't think there was going to be too many points scored but again denver finally gets the first win Chicago still searching for it. When do you hit the panic button in Chicago?
1: Uh, I think now is the time. I think you got to press that button right now for, uh, for the uh, Chicago bears, because I guess I think this was the opportunity for the Chicago bears to get a victory at home uh, against the Denver Broncos who were right. Like you mentioned that gave up 70 points uh, to the Miami dolphins a week before and they were in the driver's seat. I mean, look, they were up, what, 28 to 7, 21 to 7 at the half? And Justin Fields looked like, I mean, he looked like Patrick Mahomes out there in that first half. I mean, he finished the game, what, 28 of 35, 335 yards, four touchdowns. He did have that one pick at the end where they were driving to try to get the game time field goal, and he had a fumble as well. But I think right now for the Bears, it's, you know, is Justin Fields the answer for us at that quarterback position? I think that's what the question right now is. For a lot of fans of Chicago, uh, maybe the front office as well, um, because, again, there's a new shiny toy in Caleb Williams that is playing out of USC, was playing out of his mind right now. I think, I, I think if the season ended today, I think I saw that the Bears would have the first and second overall pick uh, for this upcoming draft. if I'm not mistaken, at least the number one for sure. So they would definitely have to consider taking Caleb Williams there. Um, with the struggles that just, uh, Justin Fields has prior to this game, um, at least from you know a winning standpoint. He could put up the stats. We know that. We talked a lot about that on the propcast Rod, about him rushing yards and all that good stuff. But um, at the end of the day, you got to win football games to be successful in this league, and he just hasn't been able to do that as far in his career.
0: I don't want to say that I feel like San Francisco dodged a bullet. I I was preaching to the choirs everywhere that Justin Fields need to be a San Francisco 49er. I wonder if things would have been different for him had he ended up there. But hey, listen, I'm okay with our Mr. Irrelevant right now. He's doing us some good. Uh, but Justin Fields, 28 to 35, 335, four touchdowns. That's a stat line that Carolina would have liked. Uh, that's a stat line that many teams would have liked. Russell Wilson, 28 or 21 to 28, 233 and three touchdowns. Russell's cooking. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game closer than, uh, than I think most folks wanted out of the Chicago bears. And I think they would have wanted this to hold on for a little bit longer and maybe call it after the third quarter.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the opportunity was there for them to, you know, get a four touchdown lead possibly, but again, the fumble changed the complexion of that game and, and give, give credit, give credit to the Denver Broncos. I mean, they fought back, uh, got their first victory of the season. Again, obviously somebody was going to win this football game unless it ended in a tie, but uh, Denver gets the job done. Uh, Russell uh, Russell Wilson, I think it was to Marvin Mims, if I'm not mistaken, that had a huge 48-yard completion um, in that fourth quarter to get them that into field goal range and get the field goal. And again, give credit to the defense. They they get the interception that they needed uh, at the end to secure their first victory. But again, the question marks now become for the Chicago Bears is what is the future of Justin Field, uh, not only for this season, but at least for the foreseeable future after the season as well.
0: You're not mad if you took Chicago plus the three, so uh, I guess consider that a small win for you. They go to Washington. They got they got to do something. I mean, this Washington team is not the greatest either, so uh, it, it's it's which bad team which bad teams can you beat at this point? Or are you just tanking for Caleb?
1: Yeah, that's a big way. I mean, look, Caleb. I, I'm I'm watching a lot more college football, especially USC, and, and Caleb Williams just looks like he's just a man among boys right now, uh, playing that quarterback position for USC.
0: He does indeed. Denver moving on to take on the Jets uh, at home. I mean, we saw what the Jets did last night against Kansas City. Does Denver stand a chance against uh, this this newly minted Zach Wilson offense?
1: Well, this is this is the game that I think both of these teams have circled after what transpired in the comments between Nathaniel or uh, what Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett. Um, So I think that both the, the Jets had this one circled, the Denver Broncos had this one circled. So look, Zach Wilson looked pretty good out there on Sunday Night Football. I know he had the fumble at the end that kind of cost him the game, but I think we have to give Russell, oh, sorry, Russell Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson, the credit um for how he's kind of conducted himself in, in interviews and things like that. I know that he hasn't been uh, a a great quarterback. I think that's putting it nicely uh for this jets team but i mean he's taking accountability i I don't know if people have seen the video of him saying you know i lost this game on that fumble you know my my fault guys but again you got to give him credit for the way he played last night um in this game against a a kansas city chiefs it was closer than a lot of people expected i know patrick mahomes stepped out at the end he made the winning football play that was the difference between the uh, chiefs covering or the jets covering um but i I like what i saw from this jets team because they got down what 17 nothing early in that game they fought their way back Um, to at least they tie the game up and the chiefs took the field goal lead and were able to hold on, but uh, give credit to the chiefs team. Sorry, the jets team for the way that they fought back on Sunday night football.
0: Indeed. We'll cover that game in a second as well. Let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns. Holy cow. This one, look, the takeaway from this moon off is Cleveland, bad Baltimore. Good. And it's just not even a question anymore. Cleveland, I know they're two and two right now, but that record does not belie how absolutely horrendous it is to watch this team play football. Um, Baltimore, on the other hand, three and one. Not necessarily even an impressive three and one, to yeah. be honest with you. It's not like they've gotten there in a flashy way, but they've just gritted and and grind their way to a three and one record. Like I said, beating the Browns 28 to 3. The over-under on this one, 38, nowhere close. Baltimore, one point favorite, so obviously. Uh, definitely covered that one, but I I don't even know if I want to spend a whole lot of time covering this game. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback 19 of 36, 121 yards, three interceptions, a QB rating of 25.3. Ouch. Right. I mean, what are we doing here?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this was obviously the the news at the quarterback position for the uh, Cleveland Browns, right? Because. It seemed like all indications were uh, that Sean Watson was going to play, but they did make the change, or he, I guess he wasn't able to uh, go on Sunday. They had to put in DTR, but um, again, this was a tough spot for him in a division game at home going up against the Baltimore Ravens, who, like you mentioned, haven't been overly impressive, but they got the job done here. And Again, they were dealing with their own injuries uh, where the uh, Baltimore Ravens, especially at the wide receiver position on the offensive lineup, they've had some uh, um some injuries there as well but you know, for the browns it was a tough start to the season in the first four weeks because they had three division games uh in those first four weeks right they got the week one victory against the Bengals in that monsoon they fell a little bit short against the pittsburgh steelers uh that i believe that was a sunday night football game then in week four uh they fell here to the baltimore ravens with the injury at the quarterback position but i guess yeah like you mentioned not a lot for me to take away here again baltimore got the job done where they needed to they cover the game you know, they're moving on to next week. They are now three and one are the Baltimore Ravens. Yep.
0: Yeah, Baltimore 296 of total yards in offense in this game. I, I want to go back to the guy that told us we were stupid for uh picking Lamar Jackson to go under his passing total. 186 yards this week so far on track to not only go under his passing total, but not even come close to half of his passing total. So shows what you guys think we know. Uh <laughs> definitely not not mad about that at all. But yeah, 3 and 1 for Baltimore, 2 and 2 for Cleveland. I mean, does 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 Cleveland even try anymore? <laughs> like what what's left for Cleveland after this week and and is Deshaun Watson even going to be healthy moving forward? They get San Francisco next week by the way. So,
1: yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean look, they're only in one game back in that division. I know again, they played I think a very tough schedule to start the season, obviously like I mentioned with the three uh division games, but you know, after the Niners, they have the Colts, they have the Seahawks, the Cardinals, they play the Ravens and the Steelers again. Um so it looks like at least they have a couple games that, you know, they, they are, that are winnable for them, but every win is going to matter in that AFC North division. I know the Bengals have fallen off a little bit here, but I think it's going to be a a a a I think there's still an opportunity for the Browns to possibly get this division here, just because the struggles that the Bengals are having. And now we'll talk about the Steelers uh, and their quarterback issue and the injury that, you know, Kenny Pickett suffered with a knee injury. But I think the opportunity is still in front of them right now. Obviously the Ravens are in the driver's seat uh, for uh, this AFC North division. But again, for the Browns, you got the best team coming into your building uh, next week. I think mean, that's going to be very, very tough for them to uh, slow down this 49ers team. But um, I, I just don't want to count out the Browns just yet here, Rod.
0: Yeah, and before we before we get everybody going, well, it's not next week. Uh, yeah, Cleveland does have a bye next week. They'll come in week six yeah, in, yeah. against the 49ers. So, yeah, uh, yeah just just want to uh, spell any trolls out there that are already like, oh, you don't know. Uh, but for Baltimore, they get they take on Pittsburgh and like you talked about, and we'll talk about them actually right now. They're having their own issues now. Pittsburgh beaten by Houston 30 to 6. Uh, and it was a two-point favorite for Pittsburgh, two and a half point favorite mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh, depending on the places. Obviously, Houston way more than covered that over under a 41, uh, the under hits here as well. But listen, there's a lot to feel good about in Houston, not equally as much in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I think the conversation here is about the quarterback position for both teams, right? Obviously. Kenny Pickett has mightily struggled uh, through the first four weeks, and is it his fault or is it Mad Canada? Because again, this offense has just not looked very good, despite them being two and two uh, through the first four weeks here. But Mad Canada is an absolute thorn in this offense, especially with the talent that they do have. Right, I know I'm not sure what's going on with Najee, uh, but he's still more than a capable uh, running back. I mean, he still had a pretty good game here—14 rushes, 71 yards to um, 23 um a 23 yard rush that was his longest and also he had one reception for 32 yards as well for the Steelers offense again we've talked a lot about Jalen Warren on the propcast as well uh, he was also contributing in the backfield for this um Steelers offense but I know they're missing Deontay Johnson but George Pickens I think is more than capable of, of filling into that void uh with Deontay Johnson being sidelined for the time being but it's really that offensive coordinator position that right now is really you know uh putting a thorn in that offense and for the Texans you know, we're Look, we're excited about C.J. Stroud. He's looked really good through the first four weeks of the regular season. Yet to throw an interception uh, for this uh, offense just yet. And again, he's making quick decisions. I think you mentioned that as well, is that his decision-making has been really, really good. Nico Collins uh, has looked absolutely phenomenal for this Texans wide receiving group. We talked a lot about it, and I've talked a lot about Tang Dell as well. Um, Damian Pierce, I know, got off to a rough start for the first three weeks because just because they went up against a very, very difficult rush defense schedule for those first three weeks when he had his way, I guess Pittsburgh Steelers rush defense. And was I surprised to see them blow this team out? I, I I honestly was, because I thought they would, this would be a game that they would lose, but um, you know, I'm proud of, as a, as a Texans fan, you got to be proud of the way these, these guys are going out there and competing every single week. So a huge victory for the Texans. Uh, but now Pittsburgh with the quarterback position, looks like Kenny Pickett is going to be missing some time. So which interests us since in the conversation of, uh, Mitch Trubisky, if he's going to be able to lead this team here, uh, Rod.
0: I was just about to say,
1: it's Mitch Trubisky time again. As much as people want to give up on this
0: guy, he continues to surface. So uh be interested to see that. Nico Collins caught seven of CJ Stroud's passes, 168 of Stroud's 306 yards, and both of his passing touchdowns. Big fantasy day for Nico Collins. So, yeah, I don't know what the answer is in Pittsburgh, but uh, I don't know if it's Mitch Trubisky. We'll see how that pans itself out. Uh, Let's move on to the Rams and the Colts. This was a more entertaining game than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be where the Rams end up beating the Colts 29 to 23. The Rams only one point favorites in this one. Of course, it did take overtime as the crawler says over here to for that to happen. The over under on this one, 44 and a half, definitely the over hit. But again, the Rams, as much as everybody wants them to be either bad or good, it feels like they're both, and they're both in the same game half the time where they can be good like they were in the first uh, half of this game and then not so good as they were in the second half, barely being able to pull it out at the end against uh, a Colts team, again, that's being led by a a, uh, a rookie quarterback. And so what do you do at this point?
1: Yeah, I think like you nailed it, uh, Rod, that the Rams got out to a, a convincing lead in that first half. They were up 20 to nothing and they just led the Colts get back into the game. I think there was a... I think it was late fourth quarter or third quarter where there was a fourth and one. um, And they just started running the football where, you know, Matthew Stafford was getting whatever he won through the air against his Colts team. And again, um, the opposing quarterbacks that have faced the Colts have had a lot of success against, you know, this past defense for the Indianapolis Colts. And again, um, for the for, for the Rams, it's 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 difficult to say what the identity of this team is because a lot of expectations of this team coming into the year was that, Oh, this might be a year where, you know, Matthew Stafford falls off. He's a year older and you Aaron Donald has been contemplating retirement. Deshaun Sean McVay still have it. Oh, then, you know, the hamstring injury with uh, Cooper cup. Um, but now you're sitting at two and two, you're getting Cooper cup back. I mean, there's a possibility that they could be competing at least for a wild card spot. At San Francisco, we know is gonna run away with this division that's sitting at four and zero, and how easy their schedule is. But I think we got to start having the conversation that this Rams team may just be able to sneak into the playoffs. With the way they have played at least through the first four weeks, I know it's a two and two record, but give credit to you know Sean McVay and how he's been able to utilize the weapons um, that he has without Cooper Cup and at least translate it to a two and two record thus far here, Rod.
0: Well, and we know this offense can sustain a, a two-wide receiver set. Where we saw Robert Woods and Cooper Cup getting yeah. a lot of action when they were together. So, I mean, now they've got three. They've got Atwell, they've got Nakua, and they've got Cup uh, coming back. That's going to mm-hmm. be a dangerous trio. they get to face the Falcons, though, and, and put a lot of that to the test. And that's next week's game for them. I don't know. Are they ready for the Falcons?
1: Uh... I think they will be Um, again for this, this, this Colts team. um, We talk about, you know, typically that rookie quarterback struggle, especially them just being thrown into the fire without having a year to, I guess, sit behind a veteran quarterback and just learn the offensive, you know, playing game plan, their respective team, or just learning the NFL way. Right. Jordan love. What was, you know, a guy that was behind Aaron Rodgers for so many years, I think the best example that I can give you is that Patrick Mahomes, when he was drafted uh, in that same draft as Deshaun Watson, like they sat him that first uh, year um, and he was behind Alex Smith for that first year. And I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes couldn't have gone out for that first year and did what he did or he has been doing, but I think there's something to it when quarterbacks coming out of the college ranks are just thrown into the fire versus them getting a year holding the clipboard and learning. I think there's a significant difference between that, but um again jonathan taylor back at pat back at practice is that gonna make a difference for a rookie uh, quarterback you bet your ass it is because um jonathan taylor when healthy and playing he's one of the better running backs in this league top three top five for sure I think that'll take some pressure off of this offense especially having anthony richardson as your uh, as your quarterback having to rely on him not only using his arm but also his legs i know he always already in the concussion protocol. Uh, after the week week two victory they had against uh, Houston Texans. But getting Jonathan Taylor back, I think definitely will help this offense.
0: Help it against the Tennessee Titans next week, hopefully for them. So uh, I think that's a very winnable game for them to be able to jump up to three and two on the season. Let's move over to Tampa Bay. They, uh, surprisingly, I can I just not talk about these guys? Because I was so off on Baker Mayfield. I think everybody was. I know, right? And all he does is go 25 of 32, 246 yards, three touchdowns. He does throw a pick, but it dominates, dominates this New Orleans Saints team. Now Tampa Bay three and one. I mean, it's really Tom who uh, in this, but the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers were four and a half or four point underdogs in this, so they end up covering this. Over under was 40 points. Score 26 to nine, nowhere near it. But I'm not ready to crown. The Buccaneers as a good team. I just feel like they've played above themselves yeah. and found themselves in good situations. And and now, of course, the schedule is not going to get any easier for them. Uh, but they beat two two okay teams and lost to a good one. So we'll see what yeah. they do next week against Detroit.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be a Week Six matchup for Detroit. Uh, or sorry, for the Buccaneers uh, against Detroit. They they have a bye week in Week Five, but uh, I, I think we. I think for the Saints, again, you know, we talked about the Derek Carr injury and how much is that affecting uh Derek Carr with the shoulder injury? But again, Baker, I think, is defying the odds right now. Uh, just because everybody thought, and again, I, I'm with you, Rod, I was completely wrong about this team as well. But um, look, they they've beaten the Bears, but who hasn't? Um, they got a surprising week one victory against the Minnesota Vikings. Like you mentioned, they fell short against the um the the Philadelphia Eagles, but in a division game, it seems like the Buccaneers so I always, I always have the number of the Saints team, but they were able to get the job done. So they get the Lions in week six, followed by the Falcons at home, and then it gets a little tough against the Bills. So we'll find out really the identity of this uh, Buccaneers team uh, over the next couple weeks here.
0: Yep, We're about to find out the identity of New Orleans team, as everybody had high hopes for Derek Carr coming into it. They get to play New England next week. We'll see how that pans out for them. Let's turn our attention now to Washington taking on Philadelphia. Oof. If you're a Philadelphia fan, you were sweating this one a lot as the Eagles pull it out in overtime against the Commanders, 34-31. to 31. Philadelphia, eight-and-a-half point favorites on this one, so if you took Washington in the points, you were thrilled. Over-under on this one was 43-and-a-half. You were happy again if you took the over on this one, but I know Philly's 4-and-0, but I feel like they've had to fight for that 4-0. I don't feel like it's been handed to them like everybody thought it was going to be in the season. They've had some pretty close games. In fact, all but one of them have been, I think, too close for their comfort.
1: Yeah, and I think the the biggest question right now for this Eagles team is the injuries that they have in the secondary. Because, um, I mean, they've given up the points um, at least three out of the first four weeks, right? I mean, they get, I think... Right now, we kind of go back and look at Patriots scoring 20 points against that Eagles team. uh, It seems like an overachievement for the Patriots on what they've been, you know, uh, not been able to do this season. Um, Week two, Kirk Cousins prime time. I know we know the narrative there. They got the backdoor cover, but. Then I played the Buccaneers, okay, Baker Mayfield. And then again, against the Commanders, who led by Sam Howell was able to have success in this game where, you know, he didn't have any mistakes. He didn't throw any interceptions 29 to 41, um, 290 yards for him. Uh, scary Terry, eight receptions, 86 yards. But um, as as great of an offensive team the Eagles are, there's a definitely a lot of questions for this team on the defensive side of the football, especially in the secondary. Now for this uh, commander's team as the eight and a half point underdog to force overtime the way they did at that end of the game and, and you had an opportunity to win it as well. Um, I think they're again, for this Eagles team, there are going to be some definitely some question marks on the defensive side.
0: Definitely some question marks on the defensive side. But for Washington, they get a nice little cushion to fall on. They get the Bears next week. So that should be, if they played the Eagles the way they played the Eagles, they should definitely handle the Bears. Uh, I know they're not going to, going to look ahead to the next week after that. But, um, you know, again, the Bears should be a pretty easy opponent to defeat. And then of course the Eagles get the Rams, which we just talked about the Rams and how, I mean, surprisingly, well, they're going to be doing, I think as, as they get Cooper Cup back in the fold. So I don't know. I don't know if four and one is in the cards for the Eagles, but we'll see if how they stack up against the Rams.
1: Yeah. That's going to be a good game to watch, especially if they do get Cooper Cup back. So that's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, uh, I think I think we'll find a lot about that Ram uh, about this Rams team against this Eagles team. So, definitely going to be looking forward to that one, Rod.
0: I agree. Some uh, game that a lot of folks weren't looking forward to was the Tennessee Titans taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Got to tell you, this is uh all this preseason talk about the Bengals being Super Bowl contenders again. I think we can quietly put that to bed at this point. They are one in three losing 27 to 3 to the Tennessee Titans And this game was ugly. The the Bengals scored a a field goal on their first uh their first score of the game and did not score anything since. Joe Burrow, 20 of 30, 165 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but I mean, at injuries playing havoc with this quarterback and yeah. and Munoff, they're not they're not doing anything to address it in my opinion.
1: It's 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 a simply a slippery slope right now for the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Because I think there was some optimism that they did get the week, you know, the the victory in week three as the first one of the season. You're thinking that you go up against a Titans team that their secondary has been so bad that maybe Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase would be able to take advantage of that, but they just simply weren't able to. And like you mentioned, that calf injury, if it's not rested from the things that I've read, it's I don't I'm not sure if it's going to get worse, but I think it could lead to other injuries as well for Joe Burrow. So. Um, it's now a very tough hill to climb for the Cincinnati Bengals team, especially like we talked about being that AFC North division where the Steelers, okay, they have a quarterback change now. Maybe that sparks the team. You have a Ravens team that's 3-1. and Browns haven't fallen off of the face of the earth yet, but now sitting at 1-3, and it's going to be a tough hill to climb for the Cincinnati Bengals team. And again, um, for this offense to only score three points where we're just so used to see them putting up three touchdowns in the blink of an eye, They do get a break next week against the Cardinals. But again, the Cardinals team has been a little bit feisty, especially at home. We saw what they did against the Cowboys in week three. Um, But again, if you're a Bengals fan, you definitely are a little bit concerned right now, especially with uh, the injury to Joe Burrow. Indeed,
0: Cincinnati was two and a half points favorites against Tennessee. Obviously, that was not the case. And then since or I'm sorry, Tennessee and, and Cincinnati with the over under 41 and a half 30 points scored in this game. Uh you look for for the Bengals we talked about it it's just they're going to have to do something and they are do something yeah. quick because their season's going to slip out of hand if they continue to slide for Tennessee I mean look they're two and two right now and they get the the Colts so uh, not necessarily a, a slam dunk for either one of these teams it's going to be a a pretty decent contest going forward
1: Yeah um Tennessee they take care of business at home they and under Mike Vrabel they are especially in the underdog role uh, they actually have been a very profitable team. So, um, and again, being in that AFC South division, where it seems like every win now has to matter because you have, what, two teams that are at two and two, or sorry, three teams that are, I believe, two and two uh, with the Texans, the Colts, um, and the, actually every team is two and two in that AFC South division. So again, uh, every game is going to matter if you want to win that AFC South division, As as crazy as that sounds.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it, th- think about the NFC South last year and how that was a, a mess, and everybody was clumped around each other yeah. around that one. So, looking about the same in the AFC South this season as well. Uh, all right, let's turn our attention to the AFC No or AFC West rather. Oh, well, say hello to our buddy, John Lee. Joe Burrow under rushing yard props for easy money. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I, he can't scramble anymore at that point. So you're absolutely right. I think books are going to get wise to that, John. I think this is going to be one of those instances where they're going to figure out and tighten up those lines on us. But um, yeah, milk them while you can at this point. Um, All right. AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Of course, I live in Las Vegas Raiders country uh, out here in, in Northern California. Lots of uh, angry Las Vegas Raiders fans still uh, as stop me. If you've heard this one, Niner fans, Jimmy Garoppolo, not able to play a football game. I don't know what it is about that guy. Just cannot stay on the field at all. Uh, Aiden O'Connell comes in as the backup. He actually duels Justin Herbert as far as what it is. Uh, 24-39 for O'Connell, 238 yards. Did not get a touchdown in this one. Did throw an interception. Justin Herbert, on the other hand, 13-24, 167 yards and a touchdown. But the Chargers come out on top, 24-17. Chargers were six-point favorites in this one. Uh, so the, um, the Chargers won and covered. And then of course the over under 49 on this one under hit on this one, but moon off Las Vegas had some high hopes when they brought in Jimmy G. Now they just want to survive their one and three.
1: Yeah, this was, a, this was a tough one for the Raiders because, again, there was an opportunity for them to uh, tie this game up because Brian Staley went for it, I believe, on fourth and one with a quarterback sneak with Justin Herbert late in that fourth quarter to kind of steal the game, but Justin Herbert wasn't able to get there, and there was an opportunity, again, for the Raiders to go down and tie it up. Unfortunately, uh, Aiden O'Connell threw that interception, uh, I believe it was on third and goal or fourth and goal. Uh really was third and goal uh, because I was watching this game, Um for them to tie it up. And again, they didn't get Devontae Adams involved um, until I believe that fourth quarter, honestly, because I had his props to go over the receptions did get there, but he fell, I think two yards short of him getting over his yardage production or his uh, yardage um, uh, uh, projection. But um, I mean, you've mentioned it with the Raiders. It's it, it, there's going to come a point where I think Devontae Adams is going to one out because he's just so, he was just so used to winning football games means what it was with Aaron Rodgers. But now it's a completely opposite story with the Raiders. And again, Josh McDaniels just makes you just scratch your head on some of the decisions that he did make. I think it was was last week against the Steelers where he kicked the field goal where he was inside the 10-yard line in fourth and goal. He needed a touchdown to tie the game up, but he decides to kick the field goal. But um, low IQ head coach. Uh, We've heard about all the Chandler Jones stuff that was going on. He's finally got released by this team after – I think kind of forcing his way out because he just didn't want to be there. Um, But for the Chargers team, fortunate for them to get the victory there. Um, Did suffer an injury to Justin Herbert's left hand. I think he got stepped on by a a, a defensive player of the Raiders. I think it's like a fractured finger, if I'm not mistaken. But it's on his non-throwing hand. They already said that they don't expect him to miss any time here. But fortunate for the Chargers to get out with a victory here. They, They can move on to the next game.
0: And even more, fortunately, they got a week off and then they'll come back and meet Dallas at their own place. So uh, Herbert does get a chance to rest that hand for Las Vegas. They get Green Bay and they get a a fired up Green Bay team next week. They don't have time to rest. So they will be playing uh, Green Bay on the ninth. So that is going to be a uh, Monday night affair, if I'm not mistaken, if my dates are correct. Uh, Yep, Monday night is the ninth. So Mm they'll be on Monday night football against Green Bay. Whether or not Jimmy's back, we'll see. Uh, but again, they're gonna have to fight and scrap for everything they get. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys winners decisively over the New England Patriots. Dallas now three and one, beating the Patriots 38 to 3. Absolutely no fight in this Patriots team. Mac Jones 12 of 21, 150 yards, two interceptions. Uh, of course, Dallas came in as five and a half point favorites on this one. And the over under 43 and a half. Uh, so the under in play here as well as the Dallas cover. Um, but I mean, look, it's Dallas. They're they're kind of slowly marching their way uh, through their schedule. And and they've just kind of beaten the teams they need to beat. And obviously with that one embarrassment in Arizona out of the way, um, now they can feel free to do whatever they need to. But next week's a different story. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, this game was never even a question for me, Munov.
1: No, um, this Patriots is just not very good. I mean, there's no better way to put it. I I think that, you know, people are starting to have the conversation is Bill Belichick an overrated head coach now, or did Tom Brady just put a band-aid over um how bad some of the talent was around him for a lot of the years when he was with New England? Uh, but Mac Jones, I, I just think that again, if you look at his body language, it just seems like he just doesn't want to be there uh for this um uh Patriots team. And again, he had A fumble on his own like five-yard line. Um, Defense just picked it up, just walked it into the end zone. This offense is not very good. Ramondre Stevenson's having a tough season. The the, the wide receivers for this Patriots team are not very good. Um, And the Cowboys took care of business against a bad team where we thought that, again, this Cowboys team, after the victory or the loss that they suffered against the Cardinals, that, hey, this team might not be very good. As people that anticipated coming into the season, but they took care of business against a Patriots team that's just not very good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really didn't have much else for this game. It's just this Patriots team might just make a quarterback change um, uh, uh, with Bailey Zappi possibly.
0: Uh, it's got to be somebody. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's some USFL guys that are looking for NFL chances. So, yeah, uh, might as well bring them up as well. Uh, New England gets New Orleans. That's not going to be one that I'm going to want to put on my red zone uh, grid at all. So. Nah. I'll ignore that one. And then, of course, like I said, Dallas gets San Francisco. That will be, my friends, my Super Bowl, because that is the rivalry that uh, dominates my household, by the way. Uh, my wife is a Dallas Cowboys fan, where I am a oh, Giants no. fan. So, yep. it's now, def- did
1: you know that prior to marrying her, uh, uh, Rod?
0: I did, and she's a Dodgers fan, too, which puts me at odds with her in the baseball world, too, because I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. So it's
1: oh, uh, boy. it's just a party at your house. then. Hey, bro.
0: listen, opposites attract, they say. Yeah, right?
1: yeah that's that is true.
0: That is exactly (laughs) what we have going on. Uh, Speaking of my Niners, or no, I mean, look at Christian McCaffrey. If you had him, and if you start well, if you started, if you had him on your, lucky enough to draft him on your fantasy team, you probably won the week. Dude had four overall touchdowns. Like I said, three on the ground, one receiving touchdown. Um, Just an absolute beast, McCaffrey. Twenty carries, one hundred six yards. Didn't even matter, though, because the three touchdowns is what did it. Brandon Ayuk, though, that was the story of the game. Six targets, six receptions, 148 yards. Brock Purdy just carving up this Arizona defense. Uh, 20 of 21. Munaf, only one incompletion on the day. 283 yards in that touchdown to McCaffrey. 134.6 quarterback rating. (sighs) The Niners came in as 14.5-point underdogs. I mean, they covered that two touchdowns, two and a half touchdowns and they still covered it. Uh, and then they over under set at 43 and a half, almost, almost got there themselves to the 49ers.
1: Oh, uh, uh, Rod, it's just another week where the best team in football is just, just dominating. I mean, they could possibly, or should be four and no against the spread. If, if, um, um, Sean McVay didn't decide to kick that field goal in week two at the very end for them not to cover They got hooked on that, but, Again, another game where they put up 30-plus points with Brock Purdy at the quarterback position, and I think we've just beat this drum just so many times, is that Kyle Shanahan is putting Brock Purdy in the right situations, and he, he's living up to that, um, I guess, expectation now um, of what he is. And again, the the weapons are healthy. Hopefully they can stay, stay healthy. I know there's some question marks about Debo possibly not playing or Brian Brennan Ayuk not playing, but I think even if one of those guys didn't play in this game, I think they still would have taken care of this business because we know we Cardinals had one of the lowest win totals coming into the season. We know that defense was going to be bad. Brock party carved them up. Christian McCaffrey did his thing. And again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I think we need to start having that conversation of Christian McCaffrey for MVP, because I think him and Josh Allen probably have been the two guys that have just been absolutely monsters. I know traditionally a running back or a wide receiver doesn't win the MVP typically goes, you know, to a quarterback, but for what he's been able to do thus far this season, it's been absolutely incredible, and again, uh, what a breath of fresh air uh, for this uh, for this Forty uh, Nineers team. Um, you know, having a player like that, and I guess us seeing what this guy is really capable of. Because sometimes it was you know shadowed when he was with Carolina, because a lot of people didn't pay attention to the Panthers. But now with the Niners, you know, we're seeing on full display what Christian McCaffrey is all about. Oh, absolutely!
0: And Nick Fortune over here in the chat really wish they would keep CMC on the side for at least a few plays. Like, okay. man, when you're that red hot you you don't want to take a weapon like that out of the i, I get it i get it i know you don't want to injure him because he's definitely yeah. been injured injury prone too in, in the past but i mean look we're four games into the season munoff and, and we barely talk about george kittle who has been one of the weapons on this team for so many years and he he doesn't need to do anything other than block now for christian mccaffrey and to be honest with you i don't think he cares either way
1: and that's the beauty of it right because when you have Christian McCaffrey, we have Debo Sammy, we have Brandon Ayuk. I don't think George Kittle cares because he's just a team player, right? I was on his overs on his on his uh, um, props this week just because I was continuing to pay the Arizona Cardinals um, defense against that tight end position, but they didn't even need him because Christian McCaffrey led the way. Brandon Ayuk led the way, and then the defense did their thing. Um, so, again, I mean, another 30-plus point game with Brock Purdy at at the quarterback position in their home games. It'll be interesting to see. If the books do adjust to their team total, because again, if it's anything under 30, you got to continue pounding the over uh, for this 49ers team total uh, week to week.
0: Two, one and three teams in the Arizona Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bengals meet next week. Uh, Cincinnati traveling to Arizona for that. And then, of course, we talked about it. San Francisco taking on Dallas next week as well. So, I mean, for San Francisco, they're home against Dallas, it, it should just be pretty cut and dry as to them taking care of business. And for Arizona, they got to beat the Bengals if they want to, uh, if they just want to hold serve at this point, because their chances for the NFC West are just slipping away.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't think they'll, they're going, I think they're, we're going to start seeing some regression from the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I think one thing that we do need to talk about with the Cardinals is how well Josh Dobbs has played uh, for this Arizona Cardinals team. I mean, he's been fighting um, and he's been keeping this team in games um I should say at least at least in the first half or so but um you yeah, know I don't think that's talked about enough for the Arizona Cardinals so I think there's also been question about if you know if Kyler Murray does come off of that uh you know on un- a uh, physically unable to perform uh list is there really a reason for him to be out there for this Arizona Cardinals team because again a lot of us thought that they end up having the number 1 overall pick uh for this upcoming draft uh, uh in the NFL so um I think it's going to be a smash spot next week for the 49ers. I don't think it's going to be a close. I think I saw a three and a half uh, for the 49ers. I mean, I would smash that against this Cowboys team. I think they, they, they they're going to run through them
0: easily. I mean, they were the only team that was even double digit favorites uh, coming into this week and they covered that spread. So I should tell you everything you need to know about what to expect from the Niners this season. All right. Finally, we wrap it up with Sunday night football's game, Kansas city chiefs, New York jets, Uh, Well, I think you were one pass or uh, what was it pass interference penalty away from uh, from really hating life because here's the thing. This was, uh, yeah, the Chiefs and the Jets, the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Jets 23 to 20. The Chiefs seven and a half point favorites or eight and a half point favorites, uh, depending on where you got it. So they covered they did not cover this one. If you took the Jets and the points, you were pretty happy about that. Uh, But here's the thing. Over under was set at. Uh, 42 and a half. So you actually got this one if you took the over. Uh, So you were pretty happy about that. So you could thank the refs, I guess for a Kansas city win and, uh, and just kind of pack it up and say good night.
1: Yeah. I think again, you know, we talked about this at the top of the show, but again, we got to give just uh, credit for the, the way they fought back in this game. They were down 17, nothing. I think in the, within that first half or first quarter, I want to say, um, but Zach Wilson made some plays. The defense made some plays as well. They got a safety, uh, on the I think it was was uh, the personal foul face mask on the on the right tackle of the uh, Chiefs and that kind of gave them some momentum uh, coming into this game and then or sorry into that second half and they were able to tie it up and they fought right and again like you mentioned that last scramble by Patrick Mahomes where he could have ran it into the end zone and covered the number if you were on the Chiefs uh, but he decided to make the smart football play and just end the game uh, for the Chiefs and get away with the victory but um, you know for this Jets team I know a lot of people have been shitting on Zach Wilson but. Um, I, I think that, you know, there is some blame on Zach Wilson, but I think that the way that he's been able to hand himself, especially in the media and, and, all the scrutiny that he does get, um, I, I think the jets will be okay. Um, you know, going forward, I think that Zach Wilson can only get better, but again, big game next week for this, uh, jets team, uh, against the Denver Broncos. And you know we talked about that at the top of the show.
0: We sure did. Uh, but I want to look I, Patrick Mahomes throwing two interceptions, it's going to happen. You got a guy like that who wants to take chances down the field. He's going to throw interceptions. I know everybody's freaking out about, oh, Patrick Mahomes is blah, blah, blah. But, you know, look, you're going to expect games like that out of him every once in a while. But me, I was impressed with Isaiah Pacheco. 20 carries, 115 yards and a touchdown. Had that 48-yard scamper. Like, listen, the CEH days are gone. You can definitely tell that Pacheco is definitely the, the man. Now, he runs hard. He runs fast. And I think... He is exactly, and I know the announcer said it last night, but uh, I'll echo it as far as he's what the Chiefs need. He, they need a running game that they can count on yes. to take it off of Mahomes, and he doesn't have to be, be the guy. He only threw for 203 yards, so, you know, that that's kind of what you want, is you want to preserve a, a Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah. Um, Pacheco, early in that game, I think he had like a 38-40 or yard rushing touchdown uh, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And again, we talked about teams and quarterbacks that need a running game. I think that maybe the Chiefs have found something with Pacheco and, and maybe CEH at, at that position. But I think, uh, for right now, for the Chiefs, it was just about them going on the road on Sunday night football, getting the job done, you know, with Taylor Swift in attendance and, and just, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey got off to a great start. But again, I think kind of coasted after that. Uh, but again, for the Chiefs team, uh, another victory in the book. Um, and, and they, they move on to next week. I'm sure the Jets can shake it off.
0: Uh, All right, that is it for week four. We'll put that one in the books. Let's look ahead now to week six, but I do want to recap uh, what Justin and uh, Ryan gave you guys earlier in the last look ahead. Uh, They gave you the following props, and I'll tell you about where they're at now. So they gave you Miami four and a half versus the Giants. So if you look at what that line has done since then, uh, you are now getting, where is it at? Which are you looking for? Uh, Miami versus the Dodgers. So now the Giants are nine and a half point underdogs. So uh, that line jumped up five points to Miami, uh, four and a half points rather to Miami. So now Miami's minus nine against the Giants where they gave you minus four and a half. Definitely good value there. Uh, they gave you Washington minus one versus Chicago. Now Washington has jumped up to six and a half point favorites. So that line definitely moved. Hopefully you grabbed it then. They gave you Detroit uh, minus five versus Carolina. That line has moved to field goal. Now it's minus eight and a half by way of Detroit. So they have lengthened or they've uh, extended their favorites. Then they gave you the Rams plus seven versus Philly. Uh, That line now is in favor of. Uh, let's see the the Philadelphia Eagles are minus four and a half now so that line kind of yeah a, a field goal uh there for the, that line dropping and then New England over uh let's see New Orleans I'm scrolling here guys so if you're you're like God damn get get there rod I'll get there um that line has not moved so New England stays one point favorite versus New Orleans and then Arizona against Cincinnati it was Arizona plus seven and a half. That line is now at Arizona plus three. So you lost if you did not get in on that one early. Good line, good line picking by those guys. They're they're pretty good at this now.
1: Hey man, those guys are sharper, and we're just trying to do our best here to fill in to fill in uh, for those guys uh, uh, at least for this week here, Rod. Right?
0: <laughs> I concur. Um, all right. So as we look ahead to Week Six, Moonoff, is there a line that you have that you think is mispriced?
1: I think we got to start with. Um, which one was that one that stuck out to me? And I hate giving double-digit double uh, favorites here, but I think this line is going to move to a double-digit favorite. That's going to be the Dolphins hosting the Carolina Panthers. I currently see that at 8.5 uh, in favor of the Dolphins against the Panthers, but I, I would not be surprised if that crosses over to 9.5 and, and over over double digits for this Miami Dolphins team. Um, Again, I think this will be a huge mismatch. Carolina possibly... So winless, going up against Miami down in South beach, we talk about weather and all that good stuff in Miami bouncing back is, I know again, we're talking about week six here, but I think Miami at home is just a different animal. So I think at eight and a half, I think that number is definitely going to be on the move possibly into double digits.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's Miami. Like this is, this is why looking ahead gets you so much value because you know, say that Miami does come out and and absolutely dominates and, and Carolina looks bad again. You're right. This is going to be more along the lines of the San Francisco line we just saw in the you know 12 to 14 range. So grab it now. Then you don't have to worry about it so much. So I like that. Um, I don't know what's going on here. I'm looking at this number and I, I don't know if I am understanding what it is. San Francisco yeah. minus one against Cleveland. Um, OK, I'll, I'll take. Uh, <laughs> how can you I mean, look, that's that's ridiculous. That's like. There, this is going to jump up to at least a touchdown, if not more, by the end of the day. So I, I think if you're watching this live, you should probably grab that now because San Francisco minus one against Cleveland at minus one ten. I, I really want to know what it's going to be like next week when we're looking at these lines again, because it's not going to stay there.
1: Yeah, that should probably move to three, at least by the open of next week, in my opinion, and just probably on the move. And again, I think a lot of it may just depend on Deshaun Watson's shoulder. But I think for the San Francisco 49ers team, I mean, we've talked about they've just been running through every team that's been in front of them. I know Cleveland has a well above average uh, defense uh, that's going to be going up against you know Christian McCaffrey and the likes of Brock Purdy as well. But I mean, for how dominant the Niners have been, I would not be surprised if this gets outside of, you know, minus three up to three and a half, possibly four. But uh yeah, I agree about uh, I agree with you about that one as well.
0: Uh, all right, Moon off another one for you.
1: I think we gotta go over to the game um between the uh this one's a little bit tricky. The Patriots and the and the Raiders. Right now I'm seeing the Raiders as a one point underdog uh against the New England Patriots. We talk about revenge factors in this game, right? Bill Belichick going up against, you know, Josh McDaniels and, and you have Jimmy Garoppolo going possibly hopefully playing at that point against the New England Patriots. But from what we've seen against his Patriots team, especially against the Cowboys last week, and I just have not been very impressed with this Patriots team. I know a lot of people have scratch our heads when we talk about the Raiders and what Josh McDaniels does on the offensive side and making some of the decisions, but I think when we look at it from a talent perspective, especially on the offensive side of the football, I trust Jimmy Garoppolo more. I have the best wide receiver by far, uh, possibly um, in the city with Devontae Adams. Um, I just don't trust Mag Jones. And I think that, you know, Max Crosby and that defense will be able to feast against if it is a Mac Jones at that point. But I think that number should probably move in favor of the Las Vegas Raiders when it comes to week six against the, hosting the Patriots. So I would not be surprised if we get a minus one, minus two, possibly two and a half in favor of the Raiders.
0: Yeah, this is one that could end up. Yeah, you're right. Flipping over to uh, to it being the Raiders as a favorite. So if you grab them as an underdog now, way ahead of the game for week six. Uh, all right. I'll talk about another NFC West matchup, and that's the Rams and Arizona. Rams right now, four and a half point favorites on this one. I mean, look, depending on what the Rams do next week, I feel like this could jump up to at least a touchdown if Arizona comes out and falls flat again, which they could very easily do. So, um, you know, again, if you're if you're in on this one, or listen, here's the thing too. If you want to grab Arizona, um, if you even want to kind of wait a little bit, maybe I guess and grab Arizona on this end of it um, for them to fall out of favor, uh, that would be a good idea too, but I still think the Rams are going to win this one. I think they're going to win this one going away because I don't know that uh, if, especially if Cooper Cup comes back by next week or even by week six. Look, they're too strong of a team, and Arizona has done well to hold scrappy, but I don't, I don't think they're going to hang even within a touchdown of them. And I think it'll be a lot like what happened with San Francisco, where they're going to beat you know by at least ten points. So if you grab them at four and a half now, you don't have to worry about this jumping up to seven and a half or even. You know, eight if the week, uh, the weeks continue on.
1: Yeah. And I think what Sean McVay has been able to do, uh, excuse me, <coughs> over these, uh, first four weeks is identify some other weapons, uh, outside of Cooper Cup, right? I've been a lot of the talk has been about Pokunakua, Nakua, uh, Tutu Atwell as well. But again, getting Cooper Cup back at four and a half right now, that number is probably going to probably get up to, I would say five and a half possibly six maybe outside of a touch i don't i do not not sure outside of a touch but i think they would probably be fared by six or six and a half
0: yeah again it's if it, that line's gonna move then it's gonna move before all all is said and done so yeah. um i like it there uh, all right one more for you i believe yes one more for you budoff
1: i'm gonna go over to that week six matchup between the commanders or uh, slash redskins slash washington football team whatever you want to call them uh, going to Atlanta. I'm currently seeing Atlanta as a two point favorite. I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense to me because the Commanders, I think number one, definitely are the better defensive team here. There's no question about that. That front seven has been absolutely amazing. Uh, not only this season but the last season. That's one well, that's really been the strength of this team. And I think they'll be able to slow down the pass. Uh, the pat. Sorry, the rushing attack. Of the uh, Atlanta Falcons, led by Bijan Robinson, I've seen. You know, Sam Howell has been more than capable through the first four weeks of the regular season. You have Terry McLaurin, uh, Jahan Dotson. I think that number is mispriced here, so I would not be surprised if this game is down to a pick uh, by the time we get to the Week Six matchup between the the Washington Football Team um, and the Atlanta Falcons. So I think that if you want to take a look at taking the Commanders here as an underdog. At plus two right now, possibly a plus three and a half at at DraftKings I'm seeing on the screen right now. But I think that will probably get down to a pick on possibly minus one in favor of of Washington come week six, uh, going up against Atlanta in Atlanta.
0: I love it. Uh, All right. I'm going to round mine out with that Monday night football matchup. I'm looking at it right now. Dallas is actually a one-point underdog right now to the Chargers. Um, that's got me scratching my head and I get it. I, I know that the chargers are not as bad as their two and two record lets you believe, but, and maybe you think Dallas isn't as good as their three and one record leads you to believe. But I think as Dallas as an underdog right now, I don't think that's going to last. I think this could end up, like you said, maybe as a pick'em even, or, or even if it stays this way, I, I mean, again, I don't, I don't think it's going to stay as Dallas being the underdog, especially a, a, a one point. Um, so I, I think Dallas is going to win this game. And I think right now grabbing them at a point underdog at minus minus one ten is about the best price you're going to get this week, next week, and even at opening of week six, um, this line's going to be all over the place. So I think taking Dallas now as a, a one point underdog is the way to go for Monday night football in week six.
1: Yeah. Again, I, we don't trust the Chargers team, right? I know this is going to be a matchup between uh, two head coaches that maybe sometimes scratch your head, but I think defensively, With the Cowboys, I know they lost uh, Travion Diggs in that secondary, but um, it'll be interesting to see what this Cowboys team will be able to do against this Chargers offense, and again, vice versa as well. So it's going to be a fun X's and O's matchup if you're kind of into those type of things um, as far as handicapping the game. But um, yeah, this will definitely be uh, a great game for Monday Night Football.
0: All right, hopefully we did some justice to this Week Six look ahead, and we held down the fort for Ryan and Justin. Ah, uh, so I think that's about uh, all for our show today. So as as we roll on out of here, Munaf, I, I, the list is long. But tell everybody where they can find you on this network and all over the the social media <laughs>
1: sphere. Uh, just follow me on uh, on Twitter or X, whatever you may call it. At SportsCenter 824, and just you know, uh, do yourself a favor. Just download the SGPN app, or just head over to the website. You'll find all the work I'm doing over for the sports gambling podcast network, whether it's on the MLB NBA NFL propcast with my good friend, Rod here. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a blast thus far and we're kind of in that storm where, you know, we're having a lot of sports collide. So it's definitely busy times, but appreciate everybody, you know, that supports the network. Uh, but again, like I mentioned, yeah, just download the app and make your, make it easy for yourself.
0: Make it very easy for yourself. It's fun sitting back in this chair. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks Justin for letting me have it. Uh, and moon off again. Thanks for joining me. Follow me on X at RJ Via Gomez. There's a link in the bio. to Everything I got going on, of course, in this network NASCAR gambling podcast, the F1 gambling podcast, sometimes the IndyCar gambling podcast, the propcast with Moonoff. Uh, like Moonoff said, just download the app. You'll find us everywhere that we're there. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the link to all the rest of the stuff. I got prop stuff coming out for sportsbook review as well. So uh, kick uh, kick some love over there as well. So, all right, everyone. Ryan and Justin will be back next week, maybe, unless we've fired them by then. Uh, But until then, everyone, have some fun out there. And uh, yeah, enjoy week five. Enjoy the Monday night football game tonight. And let it ride.